Welcome to Play Paul's Turn. In this podcast, we discuss all things to do with TV, films, games and literature. We give our thoughts on the media we've been enjoying, old or new, and comment on anything topical. Hi, I'm John, and I'm joined by Alex, Bobby and Mark. Hello, gentlemen. Hello there. Hello. I didn't know if that was rhetorical. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? It's been a long time, chaps. Been a very long time, too long. We've all had very busy, busy uh, December's, January's, and February's. Um, although I know Bobby has been extremely busy with his podcast, um, mm. Tailoring Talk, which you can listen to in all good podcast catches. Speaking um, drink, and yeah, there's a lot of tailoring fans out there having a nice, um, I don't know, port and lemon, whatever they drink. Um, we are going to talk about Ant Man Quantumania, um, but before we do that, I just want to say, um, how are you, gents? It's been a long time. Everyone, all right? Yeah, I was feeling okay, and then I saw that Bobby was speaking to a six-foot blonde model, and I got like felt more even more depressed with the January blues. So, but other than that, I'm fine. There we go. So, yeah. And, does, and is Carolina aware of this? Bobby? <laughs> uh, she's loosely. I don't know, but the thing is, now I think we just published episode eighty-nine of Tailoring Talk, and she's still at about thirty-two. So I, I figure that I've got about a year and a half before uh, got, I get yeah. beaten up. Well, yeah. Well, we, you can prepare for that, can't you? Yeah. <laughs> Put your special spanking suit on. How are you, Alex? You all right? <laughs> yeah, I'm well, thank you. Um, busy as usual, but um, I'm good and uh, very glad that we're starting to have evenings again. This has been a dark, cold, long winter. Yes. Yes. The um, the cost of living is going down for us now because we've put the heating on less, which is good. Now we can afford to turn on our computers and record a podcast <laughs> with the spare energy. So that's good. Exactly. Um, so we, as I mentioned, we're going to be discussing Ant Man: Quantumania. Um, and if you are listening to this and haven't seen the film, you know, I, I, you know, I shouldn't have to say this, but pause, go and watch the film, enjoy it, and then come back and listen to us spoil it. Um, and we're going to start off uh, before we do any spoilers by giving our one word. Uh, review or one word opinion of Ant-Man Quantumania uh, if you break this rule there is a forfeit um, and this mm-hmm. week's forfeit is you have to do your best Paul Rudd impersonation if you say more than one word so start with Alex Alex what's your one word opinion of Ant-Man Quantumania my word it's really hard doing one word kaleidoscope Ooh, kaleidoscope and not the okay. Netflix um, TV series oh, I need to watch that you've just reminded me uh, Bobby, how about you? One word review or one word opinion about Man Quantumania? McDonald's. McDonald's. Mm. Okay. I might. Why? You can't say why, can you? Otherwise, you forfeit. No, that. because otherwise I forfeit. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for that, Mark. How about you? What's your one word opinion of Quantumania? I'm gonna say déjà vu, which I hope right, is... that was about five or six words. Which I hope is one word. No, you've no. said I'm going to say Deja Vu. <laughs> really so, can you give us your best Paul Rudd impersonation now, please, Mark? Oh, God. Um, <laughs> um, no? No, I can't. Sorry, you've done me there. I can't do a Paul Rudd impersonation. Okay. I'm sorry. My, my one-word review is Blobby. Right, Ooh. yes. Blobby. Oh, I should have said Holes, actually. Never mind. Holes. You should have said Holes, yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, but this, remember, this is a clean podcast, Mark. So, um, yes, indeed. Okay. That was, so yes. we're, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna pick apart the film. Um, I think before we have, make any actual opinions on how we felt about it, because it would be quite nice to sort of leave it and see how we feel at the end, um, let's, let's break down um, some of the main elements of it. So let's look at the visual design, first of all. Um, 
Marvel films are known for their visuals. So, um, Alex, what, were your, what was your thoughts on visual design on this one? I mean, we'll eventually come and see it on our TVs as well, won't we, when it hits Disney+. Plus. What, what, are your, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it was, as you'd expect, it was sort of fantastical CGI. So it was every every form of colour of the rainbow um, jammed into something that didn't feel in any way real or particularly consequential um, because of that. Um, but it was just so pretty that you could you could forgive a lot of that. And I think it's going to look really good on my TV when it comes out on Disney because I've I've just got the um, I've just got an LED strip that goes around the back and mirrors what's on the TV. Um, and so it's going to be like washes of cut. It's going to be lovely. But yeah, so that's my thoughts on visual design. Okay. So Alex's thoughts are how good will it look on his own TV? That's yeah. interesting. It's going to be nice. Uh, <laughs> Bobby, how about you? Uh, visually, it was stunning. I thought the CGI was excellent, and it was particularly nice after all the criticism that VFX artists have been getting in Hollywood, particularly the Disney ones, um, uh, you know, for various bits of work that people didn't deem was great. Well, Love and Thunder. She-Hulk and, yeah, bits of uh, Thor Love and Thunder. So overall, it it did look stunning. And for the most part, um, it was pretty flawless as far as I was concerned. But we'll talk about the not most part, I'm sure, at some point. Mark, how about you? Yeah, I mean, I can't really add much more than the boys. I said I thought it looked really good, as, a, as 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 the boys said, a lot of care and attention, a lot of effort went into it as well. I thought actually some of the designs were probably the most different, the most unique they've done for a long time as well. But the Broccoli Man, for example, and I talked about the Holes guy, who I'm sure we'll get into that as well. I thought some of the character designs actually were quite good um, and quite different for a change. Um, but yeah, it, it 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 looked good. It, it's what you expect with a Marvel film, so I thought it looked good. Yeah, I mean, I think um, I got quite I got some Valerian vibes out of this. You know, the, the yeah. Valerian and a thousand mm. planets. I got just because it was such a rich, um, diverse group of characters. I mean, the broccoli guy could have been like Groot's cousin, couldn't he? Really, it kind of struck me as kind of yeah, Groot, I guess yeah, Groot relative. Um, mm. Yeah, I thought I thought I, I'm with you. I thought the VFX design team did a very good job. Um, I also quite like the costume design in it because a, a lot a lot of the characters that you see might have had CG elements, but there's a lot of really amazing costume work going on. Um, uh, and some of the kind of the, um, the 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 rebel group. I mean, it's a kind of a, it's kind of a Star Wars themed plot here with the rebels and the bad guy. Um, I thought they looked a bit like um, almost like Sand People or sort of Dune Raiders in some of their outfits. So. Mm. There was definitely kind of a, a sci-fi vibe to it, but um, if we we all probably um, sat for the final credits and the end credit scenes, which we'll talk about um, at the end of the podcast. But I did sit there and notice. I would say there was at least eight different VFX um, companies that were involved in the film, with hundreds and hundreds of names in the as a VFX artists. I don't think I've seen. I mean, I presume there's just as many for Avatar. Just so many names on the, the scrolling credits. Mm. Um, so the, the the work that's done that, I mean, it's been amazing stuff. So yeah, really good. Okay. Just a, a sorry, just a very quick side note. The way that no, sorry, just just a quick side note. The way they filmed this was how they did it on the Mandalorian. You know that that new screen they've got the screen the volume. Of, 
360 thing. Yeah, you know, yeah. volume. It, as it was called, volume. is it? Yeah. 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 yeah it, it was filmed like that. So that's how they did it. So, yeah. So they had more. I mean, I think, I mean, I listened to. Um, uh, Michael Douglas's interview on the Kermode and Mayo's um, Extra Text podcast. Um, and bless him, Michael Douglas is getting quite old now. He's, his his speech is slightly more slurred, isn't it, when he speaks? Mm. Um, I think he he was talking about the volume and saying how um, you know uh, he enjoys working on the film because you know he knows the actors. They're like a, they're a bunch of friends now. But he said it was quite nice for a change, as you say, having some a bit more in terms of reference points to act to rather than a green screen. Mm. Um, but he also said that a lot of the the, the flooring, the, you know, the, the, just like Mandalorian, the flooring was all real, but it was just the backgrounds that were more made up. But um, you know, you, you start to wonder how many films in the future are going to be made like that. Even just standard films might start using the volume. Um, mm. it, it really interesting. Let's talk about the plot. Um, I think we might have a slightly, slightly different discussion here. Uh, let's go in reverse reverse all this time. Mark, um, what were your thoughts on the plot and, and the general story? <laughs> I was. Well, I think. I think before you start, Mark, let, let's look at the plot at the moment as it is with this film, and then we can expand as how it connects to the other films. Oh yeah, sense? yeah, yeah. No, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. So this is the first film to launch Phase Five, um, and I thought this would be a bit different and a bit edgy with a new villain. And the problem for me is, I, I just felt like I'd seen it all before a bit, and there wasn't anything of real surprise in there. Um, uh, this is the family sort of franchise in the MCU. This is the more family-friendly one. So I was a little bit surprised they, they used Ant-Man to start it, really, to be honest, with the stakes supposedly in this one. Um, but for me, it was fine, but it was just far too um, far too obvious, far too generic, and uh, just a bit the same old. I have to say, I don't normally feel that after a Marvel film, but after this one, I did feel like I'd seen it all before a bit, unfortunately. How about you, Bobby? Yeah, I mean, the, the plot was fine insofar as I could actually follow it um, and sort of understand what was going on. But um, I think they just missed some opportunities to really take some big risks with this and, yeah. you know, possibly kill a couple characters off. Because, I, you know, I thought... Um, you know, there were there were no consequences to what Janet had done. Um, and, um, you know, I thought that that story would sort of come full circle and that she would have to sacrifice herself or something, which, you know, while she never want to see Michelle Pfeiffer out of a franchise, um, it would have been a fitting end for the character. At one, you know, at one point I thought Hank was going to get it. Michael Douglas's character didn't happen. Mm. Obviously, we have that great sort of um, third act with the big fight between uh, Kang and um, Scott. And I thought that Scott was going to get it. And that didn't happen either. Um, So it seems that Marvel have kind of got their sort of formula. They're kind of diving a bit more sort of family friendly. I don't know. I just I, I think Thanos was such a compelling villain. Um, the way that he was set up, the way he was introduced, the way that his justification for what he was doing, you could, you know, part of you, half of you was on his side because you could kind of see his reasoning. Um, whereas with um, with with Kang, I know that there was the big setup in Loki and he gave that very low-key <laughs> um, 
yeah. monologue <laughs> that I fell asleep through, um, explaining about the you know the different variants and you know basically reciting the entire plot line of Jet Li's The One. Um, but he's not as I don't know. He's just not as. It's like with Thanos, you love him and you hate him. Well, you don't love him, but you sympathise with him and you hate him equally at the same time. And there's this constant push pull. Whereas there's not that they've they've not given that same. And and the other thing as well is that given how he was defeated, I I thought Kang was this all conquering like you know, you can't defeat him sort of villain that they're going to have to bring all the Avengers for. And they managed to kind of outwit him in a way. And so, yeah, it was just, I don't know. It's it's not a film that I'm, I, I liked it, but it's not a film I'm ever going to have any desire to see again. It's a bit like the reason I said McDonald's is because Marvel films are becoming post end game are becoming very fast food. You know, you you go to a Michelin star restaurant. Generally, if it's a good experience, you remember what you had. You want to talk to it with your about it with your friends afterwards. And with with McDonald's, I'm never going to tell you about the double bacon and egg muffin no cheese that I had this morning for breakfast. That's true, by the way. Carolina doesn't listen to this podcast. You never find out. Um, you know, all the Big Mac that I had last week, right? I'm not going to talk to you guys about it. And it's kind of the same with this film. The only reason I'm talking about it right now is because of this podcast. But otherwise, I've not spoken to anyone else about this film. Um, and and it's a real shame. I just feel like there's an opportunity here as well, because I am very excited about the Flash trailer. There's an opportunity for DC, especially with James Gunn at the helm, to take advantage of this what I personally think is a decline in Marvel standards um, and and really sort of start to hit it out of the park with whatever it is that Gunn has got planned for the DC universe. But it's just disappointing. And I don't know, again, if it's just Marvel fatigue setting in. You know, way betide anyone that hasn't seen Loki because I think you needed to have seen that to have had some more uh, colour and depth to this whole multiverse Kang and his multiple variants concept and so on. If you hadn't seen that, you wouldn't really have known Kang's motivations just from this film on its own. And uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. I'm just getting so indifferent to, I only went to see this because I knew we would be reviewing it. And I just, it wasn't even so much to review it with you guys. It was so that I could hang out with you again. Because we haven't recorded together for so long, and and when I when I have to say that about a film, that makes it a disappointment. At the same time, I don't want to take anything away from all the hard work that's gone into it. Because you know, um, so yeah, so I I did like it, but it's you know I'm not going to be buying it on digital download or whatever. Sorry. Do you have anything, do you have anything to follow up on that, um, Alex? Um, I think. Yeah, my I mean, my thoughts. So, so summing this up, this was a film that was meant to set up lots of things, but had surprisingly little consequence. So no one, no one really, you know, no one died when they perhaps should have. Um, people, you know, people were introduced that weren't really necessary. And um, one of the things that's frustrating is it's meant to set up 
the how um, foreboding and how much of a threat um, Kang the Conqueror is. And we really skirted around it. And the way that it ended didn't show that as a um, as a real real threat. Um, and they must have known that because, you know, in his um, epilogue at the end, you know, he actually says, you know, oh, uh, is everything all right now? Oh, maybe it's not. And it's like you wouldn't have needed that if you'd have made some changes in the third act. Um, and then you could have you could have it would have been it would have been a lot more of a cliffhanger and it would have been a lot more of a uh, an excitement piece. Um but it wasn't bad, you know. It was enjoyable to watch. It, it was just, you know, I think I think you have to go in with low expectations, and and expect that. Well, you shouldn't have to though. Uh, you're right, but I think you you kind of need to with a film that is set solely in the quantum universe, mm. uh, the quantum. And I think that's the problem is because it's it's all CGI, and it's really not solely about Ant-Man. There was a lot more Ant-Man this time, which was good, but it wasn't really about him. It was more about Janet and Kang. And, um, you know, anyone who had a, um, anyone who had a, um, you know, bingo card that says, you know, saves everyone by ants because it's Ant-Man, obviously that, you know, they would have, they would have been uh, drinking for that. So it was, yeah, it was, it wasn't, there's nothing, there was nothing surprising about it. Um, this was the, um, the. It's funny you should say that, Alex. This is the first of the Ant Man films that wasn't co-written by Paul Rudd. So strangely, right. it wasn't the centre of the, the story. No. Um, mm. I mean, I think I think Ants did say the day because they. they uh, so help me out here, Mark. Right. So um, I thought it was as you as you've all said. I thought it was fine. Mm. I thought I you know I wasn't bored, um, but I didn't. I wasn't emotionally impacted by the film like I have been with some recent TV series. I thought most of the characters were pretty two dimensional. I mean, there was one character, the, the sort of the queen leader of the rebels, who was quite an interesting looking character. But we, who was she? We, no one knows. Where did she come yeah. from? What was what her? Mo- nothing. There was no motivations there at all. Um, so the only real d- deep dive was was Janet and her backstory, which was okay. It was interesting. Made sense. Um, you know, she was had been there for thirty years. So they they gave her a bit of a, a background while she was in the quantum universe. Um, but I, you know, actually having having heard Bobby talk about McDonald's, I I would describe this as one of those sort of quick, not um, not the, the the biggest one you go to a theme park, but one of the mid to low level roller coaster rides that you get on and go. Right, I want to go on the bigger one now. It just felt it was fine, you know. Well, you know, accomplished, but fairly forgettable, um, which is a shame. I I think the Marvel. I mean, with perhaps the exception of I loved Shang Chi, I think. Marvel are really struggling post Endgame, aren't they? At the moment, and I and I wonder if perhaps they are aware of that and are setting something up. Um, I don't know how they're going to get to that sort of high point of Endgame and Infinity War, but um, we'll have to see what see how that goes. What did you think of um, the, the the actors in this film? Um, I'll, I'll start by saying I thought Jonathan Majors gave quite a nice subtle performance, which kind of mirrored his his monologue that you were talking about, Bobby. I, I quite liked him being a bit less screaming shouty until he was screaming shouty. Um, what did you feel, um, Alex? What were your thoughts on on um, the actors in this film? Yeah, I thought he I thought he was very good. Um, again, a bit quiet. You could tell like there's little touches of like when he said he would um, like uh, 
destroy people from time or something. I can't remember what the exact quote was. And and it was yeah. like, oh, there's a bit of spice there. But but a lot of it was him monologuing and not not actually showing all of the things he could do, but just talking about it. Um, was his... So help me out here. Um, I might be able to chip in. Was the suit the thing that gave him the power? No, this, uh, his... The power in the suit is derived from the spacecraft that he crashes in as well. So what happens is that when they restore the power supply, they're able to replenish yeah. his suit, which gives, which the suit gives him the power to conquer the quantum, uh, the quantum realm. Realm, yeah. sorry, yeah. 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 But what Janet does is that she enlarges the reactor, so she destroys the reactor, so he can't get out of the quantum zone via the ship. But she leaves you yeah, with I mean, enough power for the suit. So, so the quantum quantum motor thing is the MacGuffin that they all chase. Yes, after. yeah. But there's but the, uh, near the end, he gets basically there's a riot of ants that sort of jump onto him and sort of scratch at him and remove his suit. And mm. I think that's you were saying to me earlier on that's how he became conquerable because he suddenly lost his his mojo from not having his suit. Um, did you feel that perhaps that the trailer mis misled us a bit? Because I kind of assumed a bit like. Um, uh, Doctor Strange, we were going to see lots of different universes in this, and lots of different Kangs popping in, which you kind of see in the you know the end credit scenes or the, the epilogue. Um, anyway, I've, I've gone off the point here. Um, any other any other actors, Alex? Or should we, yeah, or Jan- Janet. I thought that um, Michelle Pfeiffer's Janet was actually really good. So mm. I, I I thought the only I mean there's some real problems with like some of her character. So like basically she, what what she should have said is. Actually, I met this guy in the quantum realm, and and we hooked up, and then he turned out to be evil, right? Because that happens a lot, so that's quite common, um, and that's why I never mentioned it. And and actually, you know, that was kind of really skirted over, and there was that really awkward moment where um, we had um, Hank mentioning that he saw someone a bit, and it was just like. Why? Yeah, that was <laughs> weird, wasn't it? Yeah. It, was, it was just. It, but also, it, they, they were swung so, for a bit, basically. Right? Yeah, and they were so they were so throwaway. Whereas actually, again, that could have been really interesting, and mm. you know, he could have been like, uh, so she could be in the foil for him, and and just kind of you know bring him back up to 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 his power, and then realize what she's done. Um, but really, they skirted all, all over that, and they did, didn't. And man really... for the other woman, you know, yeah, the next yeah. yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, and his yeah. pants. There we go. Yeah. Exactly. So I did. Ooh, it... I prefer that. And his pants is very good. It yeah. was really nice to see her have some depth to her. Yeah. Um, it was a real shame that we didn't see anything from um, uh, Hope, like it really, um, which was, again could have easily they could have easily added a bit more character work to her um and they didn't and i could i mean again this isn't like they they weren't short on time here although admittedly it probably cost a fortune per minute from the cgi but um but they you know there was it wasn't like this was a a massive thing you could have cut and tweaked it and then said hey i've got a more character driven plot with with action when we need it um, that sets us up, and I think maybe it, it was my problem to try and expect that. Maybe I shouldn't have, and I should have just said, "No, it's Marvel a- action. Just go with it. Don't worry too much about the characters. Try and fill in any gaps. You know, just enjoy it." And and I think Bob, maybe that would have been better. Bobby, you 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 were quite taken by Michelle Pfeiffer in this film, weren't you? Um, 
Well, yeah, you, you said that she, she looks younger looks... and prettier than than Hope. She does, yeah. She she looks younger than um, Evangeline Lily, Lily, weirdly, mm. and there's twenty years between them. Yes, um, I think that's because Evangeline Lily's got a terrible haircut in this film. That's why. What's wrong with the haircut? I don't understand. It's not it's, a great haircut. It's not a great haircut. I know, but if you put it's the same great. haircut on Michelle Pfeiffer, I think she'd look better. Anyway, it's um, like it's like a really thin uh, black bob, yeah, but like without a fringe. And but it's like it, it just it highlights that her hair's really thin a bit, and and that just makes her even really stern. And you know that there's no chemistry between them and. Um, no. Uh, anyway, but it was just it no, made it worse. Right. Yeah. A anyway. <laughs> Bobby, any other any other actors that you appreciate in this film? Paul Rudd was good as ever. It was really nice to see William Jackson Harper um in this film, yeah, although I, I did feel he's a very good actor, but I did feel it was just basically Chidi had somehow yeah. transported himself from a good place into the quantum realm <laughs> because Te- was... telepath Chidi. Yeah, telepath TD, exactly. Um, um, the, um, I mean, Michael Douglas, uh, you know, the returning cast were all great. Jonathan Majors, obviously, he's a very good actor. I haven't seen him in anything else mm. apart from Loki. He's in Creed 3, isn't he, coming up soon? Yeah. Yeah, and I still, do you know what? I still yeah. haven't seen Creed 2. I need to do that. I started watching Rocky versus Drago today. You know, the recut version that Stallone's released yeah. with the remaster and everything. They cut out all the, you know, the robot rubbish from the beginning and all of that. So it's a much shorter Ooh, film. But anyway, it's worth a go, definitely. Anyway, sorry, I digress. Um, so, um, yeah, Catherine Newton, um, I, I didn't know oh. that she was in it. And her coming in, replacing... Oh, is it Emily Furman who played Furman. Cassie before? Furman, yeah. She, um, I know when she didn't get the call back for this, Furman was really disappointed. They, I don't know why they went with um, Catherine Newton. You know, in terms of age closeness to the actual character, uh, Furman would have been the perfect choice. But anyway. Well, she looked more like them as well. She yeah, I mean, looks more like a blend of Paul Rudd and um, Evangeline Lilly anyway. Yeah, oh, to, that's well, Evangeline that's Lilly's character is not her actual mum, is she? No, it's her stepdaughter. No, no. Yeah. That's um, true. That is a good point. But anyway, you know, I don't... You know, Catherine Newton, I thought she did she did a fine job um, hmm. for what she was given. I really like the interaction between her and Modoc towards the end where, you know, she's like... You know, you're such a dick. Um, Modoc, um, we haven't talked about Modoc yet. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that was the thing. So, Cory Stoll coming back as Modoc was kind of great, but he just looked really weird. Um, you know, the CGI on that was just, I don't know. It's like they. they... It was like, do you know what do you know it was like, Bobby? Like, sometimes at school, the kids are putting photographs into their work in Word. And you know how they do it? They get a picture and they and they accidentally stretch it one way yeah. and yeah. leave it and think yeah, that's yeah. fine. <laughs> it looked yeah. like one of those kids. <laughs> he looks like Games Master from the nineties. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yes. He's he's a Patrick. What's his face? Yeah. Um, Patrick, Patrick Moore. Um, Patrick Moore. Patrick Moore from Games Master. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I think you know. Older viewers his... can Google that. <laughs> but I thought Corey Stoll's voice acting was really good. But um, 
I don't mm. know much about Modoc, but it you know the way they did it, Mark, Mark it does. took it really. It, we haven't got all night for Mark to give the encyclopedic history of Modoc. No, um, but the <laughs> um, that was the one thing that actually took me out of the film completely. Um, and it was just a really weird choice. I mean, when he was actually in the seat, when the helmet was sort of over, that bit was fine. It was when they sort of unveiled him. Uh, it, I don't know. It was just like they were trying to figure it out. And then they were like, do you know what that will do? Because we've got a deadline to meet. <laughs> just let it go. We'll just we'll <laughs> just get the kids to stretch it in Word. Put it on, yeah. on the front. Yeah. Good idea. And Bill it's Murray. There we go. But, you know, Bill Murray. I love, I love Bill him. Murray so much. Big part of all of our childhoods. Ghostbusters and everything else. Saturday Night Live. All of that. But, it, I, again, Bill Murray's Bill Murray. You know, there's no escapism with him when he pops up in a film like this. It's like I'm watching Bill Murray. So... Um, so yeah, it, he phoned it, it in, was, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, you know, obviously he was getting. I mean, he agreed to be in this just because of the director, because he's not a fan of superhero movies, and uh, he never ever wanted to be in one. But he was he was a fan of Peyton Reed, the director, um, particularly of yeah. um, one of my favourite comedies from the early two thousands, Bring It On, the cheerleading comedy with um, Eliza Dushku. Yeah. Um, oh, my favourite Slayer. Yeah. Buffy <laughs> season three. Anyway, sorry. Um, so, uh, yeah, but you know, everyone did a fine job. It was, it was, you know, there was no one that did a bad job with what they were given. I, I don't know who voiced the little blob, but the little blob was was probably my favourite ah, thing out of all of this with I, the holes. I do of. know who voiced him. Uh, the actor was David Only. Kill his surname. Oh, spotted guy. Oh, Dust Squad. Yes, uh, the guy from yes, um, David Dasmalkian. Yes, David Dasmalkian. Yeah, who is also in the first two Ant Man movies, who plays the Russian gangs, uh, the Russian thief, along That's with right. um, a Michael Pena, who's not in this one. So yes, but they got him back to do a voice. So yes. David worked as a professional fisherman in Alaska, a circus performer, movie theatre usher, and playwright. There you mm. go. Mm. Yeah. And now his voice is blob. Yeah, <laughs> he was kind of like um, what's the what's the what's the craggy character in um, Thor that um, Waititi um, speaks? Korg. Oh, Korg. Korg. Yeah, he's a bit like that. It kind of reminded me of Korg. It had the same the same vibe to it. Yeah, I did Mark, get a there, was, there was a couple of you... <clears throat> sorry. Can I just mention a couple of the cameos? Yeah. Um, so Randall Park coming back sure, as yeah. Jimmy Woo, the FBI agent. Jimmy yeah. Woo, yeah. The other movies, um, and then. Uh, I don't know if you guys are into Eels, the rock band, um, but Mark Everett, um, who's the front man, he was the guy that asked Scott for a picture of his dog. A uh, picture of Scott <laughs> with his dog. He was the Eels front man. Yeah. Um, Eels is I such a great that. band. Uh, so, yeah, mm. there you go. And then, obviously, we saw Tom Hiddleston, Noah Wilson in the in the last end credits scene as well. Linking, I think this is the first Marvel movie to link to into one of the shows. Yeah. 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 Anyway, there we go. Mm. Mark, were there any actors or uh, any performances that stood out for you? Yeah, I've just got a few things. So, first of all, Jonathan Majors, yes, really good actor. I really like him. Um, given what he was given, he, he did very well. 
Again, this isn't his fault, but can we please see villains actually being villainous, please? Instead of being, instead of we're told how bad they are. Do you want some more moustache twirling? Is that what you're saying? Or do you want well, the actual actor no, doing to, the bad like, stuff? I want him to do something bad. Like, we got a flashback of him sort of killing some random people, but he doesn't do anything particularly bad in this. Like, he's not the, like the bad guy. I want, you know, this film definitely suffers from not making him threatened enough and, and not killing off some people in for him to be threatening i think and you know the new threat yes sir he's got to kill some people i mean i i think maybe if they didn't kill anyone on this because they've got guardians coming up which some of the cast are going to go and that's a lot well known so maybe they stopped it there but you've got to make your villain be villainous you know and it's the same problem with thought uh, love and thunder a lot of problems with that film but again it's supposed to be called the god butcher right he doesn't kill anyone in that film. He kills one god at the very start. You don't ever see him do anything bad. I think, um, Mark, <laughs> going back to what, um, what Alex or Bobby was saying, it's it's really a film pitched at families to make more money, isn't it? Yeah, it they is. You can't do too much of the, the, no. the mature themes, unfortunately. No, but you've got to make him menacing and you've got to make him, like, like if he's the new bad, I, I, like we talk about Thanos, right? First time we really saw Thanos in a film was at the start of Infinity War and what's he do? He beats up uh, Thor, he beats up Hulk and he kills Loki. Now, obviously you can't do all that in this film, I understand that as well. But you could... Like a couple of, the, of actors could have made the ultimate sacrifice. You could have made it a bit more... So he's a bit, Or even had like, Kang win at the end, you know? I think uh, making him lose at the end uh, sort of, like, makes him less of a did threat he lose, already. Well, did he lose? He didn't get out, did he? No, no, but if, if you remember the, the epilogue with all the... Well, yeah, he's one... Yeah. Going, whoa, 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 let's go to war. Has he really lost? Mm, well, oh, oh, so, uh, well, he didn't Alex win. Alex has a few he, suggestions so. to solve this problem, Alex. Well, I, yeah, I don't want to steal thunder, but like for me it would be um, Scott Lang looks as if he's he's been killed, so he goes into this machine at the same time. Um, there is something that indicates... That they may not be dead, but then they're irretrievable for whatever reason. You mean the same um, machine that Kang got sucked into? Yep. Okay. So, so they could easily have done. They could easily have done that. Um, that would have that would have given us uh, something something really worth worth us going. Oh well, he's probably not dead, is he? But we wouldn't have had the confirmation. Um, uh, uh, Hope could have come into the quantum. Um, uh, quantum realm, and then realise that he's not there anymore, um, and and so again that gives her a purpose, um, and and like for me that would that would have instantly given this some some stakes. Um, also, they'd want to watch make you 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 then get the audience intrigued enough to want to watch the next film to find out. Yes, yeah, exactly, yeah. and it's it's like you could have easily done that, and it wouldn't have broken anything. Like I understand why they wanted to top and tail it with this thing, but the thing is, you didn't have to because it could have been finished with Cassie, and Cassie could have, you know, said like, you know, I've got these, I've got all these plans, but now I've got another task to do, which is to find my, find my dad and and help my mum, and it wouldn't have, yeah, it would have still shown an arc and growth, but the the thing is, if you're building up this massive arc, um. 
you've got to start having consequences in the films because if you don't, it's not really an arc, is it? It's just there's no ten- there's no tension. There's no yeah. there's no tension. The, the yeah. fact yeah. that the, they introduced Modok uh, and then killed him, they could have kept him around, maybe with him sort of you know like not shooting um, uh, not shooting Cassie, and they could have been like, okay, well maybe he is okay, and then you know, so there's tons of stuff they could have done with it that wouldn't have broken the whole path but would have just left things open in a way that was interesting and i think the fact that it doesn't he didn't do that they didn't do that at all like even for paul rudd staying and saying i have to lose but then not actually losing that that was for me that that was it there was no stakes we've let down bobby has Actually, just tagging on, I was going to say something else, but I just want to tag on to Alex's point there about, you know, you, you know, you, you don't have to win. We just both have to lose. And in that moment, my heart dropped, but it was an emotional thing. It was like, oh, my God, he's going to sacrifice himself. Makes sense. And then it didn't happen. Right. So that moment, that emotional gravitas, it was then just ripped away from you. Um, but I, I kind of get the feeling because I was looking at the roster of, of films and looking at the eight before Endgame running up to it. And then the, and then we've had eight films since Endgame and the eight films that we've had since Endgame are Spider-Man Far From Home, which was, you know, whatever, um, Black Widow, whatever, Shang-Chi, different, but the ending was again a bit sort of monster mash. Uh, Eternals, I still haven't seen past the first 20 minutes of that crap. Spider-Man No Way Home, fantastic. But I don't know if you took away the reunion of the three Spider-Mans, would it be be as good? Don't know. I might have to go watch it. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse Mm. of Madness, I I actually did enjoy that, but I love Sam Raimi. Thor Love and Thunder, okay, even I'll admit, despite Natalie Portman, it was... Probably the worst Thor film. Um, Ant-Man and the Wasp, we've just said, is meh. And then you go the eight films leading up to Endgame and you've got Captain Marvel was great. Ant-Man and the Wasp, okay. Avengers Infinity War, one of the best superhero movies of all time. Black Panther, one of the best superhero movies of all time. Thor Ragnarok, one of the most fun entries in the entire series. Absolutely brilliant. Um, Spider-Man Homecoming was great and uh, I think oh yeah Doctor Strange and Guardians of the Galaxy 2 which were both good you know I just feel like since they've opened up this multiverse it's allowed them to okay it's allowed them to take risks if you want to look at it from one point of view but from another it's allowed them to be lazy because if they screw up they could just retcon everything in the next film right so you know and it like i mean this one's not exactly doing great guns at the box office compared to some of the biggest hits alex. it's a sorry i'm not going to steal alex's box number i know the number but go ahead you no can... let, let alex do his box office update <laughs> bobby you, you make some very good points i, I, I want think, a um... thing yeah next time why alex has got we'll, a job we'll let you let Mark you have a thing he's geeky oh i'm the marvel keeper of the encyclopedia <laughs> i don't have a thing well, I would say at the moment, your thing has been, I think, the most insightful comments about the film, actually, um, oh, Bobby. Okay. You've got me really thinking. You've got me really thinking. Mm. Um, because, I mean, I, 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 I do think... I am the think... interrupter of thoughts. 
You are like Modoc yeah. sidekick. Um, I, I do. I do think that um, Marvel fans right now have a bit of existential existential crisis is going on here because it, it, it's not quite ever hit that peak of, of Endgame and Infinity War. Um, um, although they're probably still taking lots of money. Um, it doesn't have I, to I, be that, though, does it? I yeah. I just think I personally think the moment I at the moment. I'm more excited about the TV series and the films that have been posting post Endgame and Infinity War, and I think that's because, and we, you know, we said this before, you've got more time to explore the characters. And the Marvel were so good leading up to the Endgame because they spent so much time digging down to all the in into all the characters, so that when there was tension and death at the end, we were, you know, people were crying in the cinemas. And I, and I, apart from perhaps. Um, Wakanda Forever because I thought that was quite moving at points there's not really been any catharsis in the, in the films following End War um, which is a shame so Alex do you have any, any figures for us currently oh can uh, I yeah. just talk oh, oh go sorry on. go on Mark you go sorry I, I didn't just finish but on the characters I just wanted to complain about Catherine Newton as Cassie sorry and actually it's probably not the actress's fault I'm sure she's a very nice actress she's given some really terrible dialogue to, to talk about but again, I just can't like what a Marvel. Why are Marvel making annoying female characters all the time? It's really, really frustrating me. Like she says to like Paul Rudd, right? So at the start, he's like, like he's one of the people responsible for saving half the world, right? And she says, "But what have you done since then, Dad?" Like, and, and maybe that's an annoying teenager thing. I don't know, but like I was just like, sorry, like your father is seen amazing things he's helped bring back half of the what the half of the universe and you're like moaning at him for not doing a lot of for doing a book tour i just found that really quite great and and maybe it's me being a miserable old git i don't know but i just thought that was just really lazy like plotting and like what have you done since then dad yeah you saved the world you should try like, having a teenage daughter. This Mark. is it. This I don't is... have a teenage daughter, so maybe I'm going at this at the wrong angle. But I did find that a bit annoying. And also what frustrated me as well is that they sort of have a go at Scott for like not doing much since or since saving the world or the universe, you know, and and, and doing a book tour. Michelle Fiverr doesn't talk about Kang for thirty odd years, doesn't tell them this is this evil guy down there. But She's forgiven like that. She has like, oh yeah, don't worry about it. Uh, um, 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 Janet, it's all right. It's okay. Don't worry. It's not your fault. Do you um? Do you find Janet a threatening character, Mark? Do you I don't find no, no. I love Michelle no. Pfeiffer. It's great. It's just, but there just doesn't seem to be like. Uh, uh, I just Can feel you like see? The there's a, there's an end, there's going to be an uh, epilogue at the end of this uh, podcast episode. <laughs> If we have a visual version, and there will be all the different multiverse versions of Mark saying, "Uh, like the, the Marvel's writing of female characters is affecting our universe. Let's go to war." Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not about that. It's just like I just feel that that the women can get. There's no consequences to their actions, and it should do be. You, do you think perhaps that 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 um that uh, girls watching this film? Quite appreciate the stronger female characters in the film, which is compared fine. to you know and that's the great. damsels in distress for films sort of twenty thirty years ago. Absolutely, right? and no one wants damsels in distress all the time because that's boring. Yeah. Been there and done that, right? And we've had like our generation had Ripley, and we had Sarah Connor, and that you know. So that's not a 
particularly like new thing as well it's fine but like like it's okay for people to have thoughts right but like again like Catherine invents this subatomic thing that lets them communicate in the quantum verse right and she does it in her garage right like she's MacGyver and like and again Black Panther's the same thing, right? Girlver, you mean, surely. No, right, okay. Oh, yeah, fine, okay. But again, Black Panther, right? Can I, before I lose the thought, because I just thought, actually, I agree with you, because they're really taking, I think it's just lazy writing, because you've got suddenly all these female characters that they're trying to empower and make them look like they're not damsels in distress but they're giving them the same skill set. You've got Riri Williams, who's been introduced as a, as another tech genius. Um, you know, mm. then obviously with, with um, Cassie, tech Showery, genius. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure there was another one, tech genius. Shari. You know, the the actual yeah. breath of fresh air. Yeah. T'Challa's Reece... brother. Who? Shuri. T'Challa's sister, No, but sorry. Shuri, she, yeah. was, she was technically quite brilliant She's in the tech comics, wasn't as well. she? Um, yeah. You know, the only female character that's been introduced lately has been Hayley Steinfeld's character in Hawkeye, and she was just a breath of fresh air because she was just... She was very good. Yeah, she was a girl who was really good at archery that just wanted but, to do some good in the world, you know? I well, really you, liked you, Hawkeye, actually. Again, your your insightful um, intrusion there has really worked out because that you've proved a very good point there and helped Mark out. I, I agree with you, Mark. I think the tr- one of the big problems with this film in general... Is I think the writing was pretty poor for yeah. every for every character. Yeah, and by the way, and that, clarify, is the, that is the issue, really. Yeah, and I don't think you need to be annoyed this, by any particular gender. I think no, generally this isn't the a sexism is thing at all, no. and this isn't about yeah. because I love female characters. I I talked yeah. about Rip, which is one of my favourite ever's. You know, I'm just saying that the way they write them, I don't think is is actually helping f- females or girls watching it as well. The fact that the girls can't seem to do any wrong, and again, I. It isn't to criticise them, but, you know, you have to have a balance of good and bad. You know, if you don't learn from your mistakes and you don't improve, you know. I like Tony Stark, all right, he made, like, weapons. He was a warmonger, all right. Gets injured, sees the error of his ways, right. It's one arc, right, on one of the characters. And you can do that for loads of different characters, right. You have to go... The point of a hero is they have to go through a personal Spider-Man, right. He lets his... Um, he, he, he lets his uncle kill the go right before he kills him he lets him go he could have stopped it but he doesn't that's his penance and that's why he's Spider-Man right and again I just feel like you have to have like to be a hero or to do something heroic you either have to learn from your mistakes or you have to have like a, like, a weakness or you have to go through a trauma I, like Batman I, I agree with parents, you Mark know. any character that does not have flaws is uninteresting exactly uh, this is what I'm saying that's my point and, and perhaps and, and the reason why is because time, we're all screwed up. That will change. We're all flawed. And you need to be yes, able to exactly. see some of that humanity in the person on screen. They can't just be an all-conquering... All. I mean, even mm. Superman, who for some people is one of the least sympathetic villains because he's uh, heroes because he's so indestructible. Heroes. And he, he really mm. doesn't have many weaknesses unless you chuck green rocks at him from his home planet. But, you know, he still has, you know, through... He's got to deal with loss, loss of his parents, you know, not having known them, um, growing up in an adopted family, 
um, you know, having to wear NHS spectacles, all the rest of it. Um, <laughs> you know, so there is some level that you can sort of identify. There's a humanity there mm. at some level. But yeah, when they're just kind of just tossing out the, oh my God, I can't wait for Deadpool and the Wolverine. Jeez. I, Please, I, that film can't come along my, soon enough. That'll be the film that saves my, Marvel. Yeah, well, it, it might be or it might not. No, but well, I think part of it is part of it is that they're they're setting up the young Avengers. Okay, so lots, mm. so the, you've got lots of empowered, um, empowered young women who are being introduced. The problem is they're not really being introduced very well. They're like tacked on to the side of lots of different films, so they have no, they haven't really got space for the character arc. It's a pity that Cassie they didn't develop it further because really, you know, this is one of the films where she should have had more um, uh, development in her character because actually you've got the opportunities right there. You know, you've got an estranged relationship with your dad. You've got the fact that you're, you, you've been in prison because you're an activist. You've also got the fact that you're really clever, but, you know, you don't really know where to aim for that and you've, you've created this quantum stuff. So there's tons of work, work there, but I think the problem was they're jammed into a film that, that's trying to do too much. Mm-hmm. And I think I think that's the the big problem. Now, what I'm really hoping is that they they have a young Avengers film which has enough space to allow them to to show their growth and to show their strengths and weaknesses. Um, I really hope that that's coming because if it's not, it's going to be super disappointing if they just no, all they go, are doing that. Yeah, yeah. So that's what, yeah. but that's what it desperately needs. You know, Miss Marvel was um, actually really enjoyable. Um, and we got an opportunity to see some of her, but obviously it's just the origin part of her story, so she hasn't really worked out what to do. Um, but everyone really needs that length of introduction, and and some of them just haven't. I mean, Ironheart was just just whacked straight in uh, mm. to Wakanda when it was there was no need for for it really, but it was there to serve this longer term purpose. But the problem is you haven't wet anyone's appetite. All you've done is introduced people in a really shallow way. And so I, they're like, you know, they're like, they're like stamping emojis onto a message, aren't they? Almost. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just like yeah. a a tick. We we've we've done that thing that's in the yes. comics. Then if you know, you know. But but the problem is that people don't know, and no. we haven't really introduced it properly. The same is true of Kang. Like, you know, yes, we've had a lot of exposition um, uh, scenes. But the reality is we've not actually seen very much, you know, mm. and, and all we've really heard is him saying, hey, in, in this one, hey, the others are really bad. And, and then in, in, um, in Loki, it was like, you know, almost like a school teacher just going, you know, I'm the best one of them. And this is why, how I did it this way. And, and it's just like we're not but we're not seeing the destruction. We're not seeing mm. the the the. Um, danger that they pose. We, instead, we're just being told it. Yeah. So, and I think you do a disservice to the actors there as well. Yeah. Because I'm yeah. sure the actress who plays Cassie Catherine, what was her name, Catherine? Newton. Yeah. Newton. I'm, I'm sure yeah. there's a reason she got the job, right? I'm sure she's a very good actress. I'm not, I've not seen her anything else. I'm sure she's very good, uh, but she's obviously working with material that she's been given. You know. I, I the think they played cast Williams. Her, I'm sure. I think good. they cast her because of perhaps because of how they see her fitting into the young Avengers, Avengers yeah. rather yeah. rather than for this role. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and but... again, there's quite a lot of that right now, and it feels like we're getting only half the picture, but we're not getting the good half, we're getting the bad half. So, yeah. so 
Um, in in terms of setting up for the Young Avengers, so coming up in May we've got Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. In November we've got the Marvels. Yes. Um, May next year we've got Captain America: New World Order. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got the Thunderbolts in July next year. Next September is Blade. Uh, November next year is Deadpool three, and then the following year, twenty twenty five, we have Fantastic Four. And May twenty twenty five is Avengers: The Kang Dynasty. So we're not going to mm-hmm. see a, an end to this uh, Kang storyline, or even maybe even then, maybe it's just the beginning of the storyline, really. Yeah. Uh, until two years away, we've got um, Loki season two as well. Which yeah, he'll be, um, he'll be in that as the well. the Secret Invasion the TV series. Yeah. They've also got. Um, there's a they're guessing we're into the guessing area now, but we think Armor Wars will be in November yes. of twenty five, and eventually, twenty twenty six will be um, Avengers Secret Wars. Yes. I can't see any Young Avengers in there though, unless it's a TV series. There, uh, there are a couple. There were a couple of mystery ones. Yeah, I think yeah. they'll the, try and slot it in somewhere. I think I think they may end up doing the Young Avengers as a, as a Disney Plus uh, series yeah. rather than as an actual film. I um, could. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I could also see him doing Young Avengers maybe after Secret Wars as well. Mm, I think they maybe. may that they, yeah. although apparently the Blade film has got some creative differences at the moment. They're having a bit of trouble with Blade at the moment, so mm. they might put Young Avengers. Them they might shift it up a bit as well. Don't it know. would align. It would align well with Armor Wars because yes, it would. the thing is, then you've got going off into one direction. Um, and then you've got them coming at the other side. So mm. I don't know, mate, but there's there's all these possibilities. And like we can, if you looked into it, you kind of see the direction they're heading. But the problem is they've not actually told you that direction they're heading. And they've not done a great example job of like showing or teasing or anything like that. Mm. And that's why we're frustrated. It's like we don't need to know the ultimate destination, but we need to know is ah, this is not start set, this is setting up for this. This yeah. is setting up for that. Oh, I see. That's how they're doing. They for now all we've got is like um, a, a post credit scene for the Council of Kangs that that yeah. kind of alludes to something but doesn't really tell us that's that's that is quite marvel but i just feel like they could do better than that because they've got all of the story to to, do i mean i found the the post post credit scene with loki even more intriguing personally Mm. Mm. yes because that's obviously setting up for the next series it's just a trailer for season two isn't it yeah i thought so i think we're gonna to finish off i'd like to just summarize who we've got so far in the Young Avengers, we've got mm-hmm. Kate Bishop as Hawkeye. We've got Cassie Lang. Yeah, it's likely she's going to be stature, the character statue in that. You've got um, Elijah Bradley, who's Patriot, who was the son of that other experimental Captain America, wasn't he? Uh, you've got Tommy and Billa, who are w- Wiccan and Speed. They're the yeah, sons of Wonder um, uh, of the Scarlet Witch. You've got um, Miss America, America Chavez, yeah, who America was the Chavez, universe yeah. universe hopper. You've got Kid Loki, who I think was one of the Lokis in yeah. the TV series when he went into that void. Um, and then you've got um, Iron Lad, who is... is he? He's Richard's son, isn't he? No. Um, uh, oh, I don't know what they... Uh, well, see, Iron Lad goes into Kang, you see. So that's... So yeah. uh, so I, it's hard to talk about Iron Lad without spoiling Kang. That's the only thing. With that well, he's a superhero well. from the 31st century who travels back in time to prevent himself becoming... Kang. Yes, but he, yeah, does, he might yeah. be an ally, but he doesn't. You've got oh, you've got right, Miss Marvel, yeah. Kamala Khan. Yeah, she'll be yeah. in it as well. You've got Riri from who's Ironheart. Yeah. yeah, you've got Mars Morales. So they're going to bring him in from the Spider Verse, I presume. I don't think you'll see him too after Secret Wars. I don't think he'll be in the you Avengers. Won't. No, no. Um, 
you've got Axel and Love, which are you know he, Idris Elba's character. He was a gatekeeper in Thor. His I think it's his it's son. His son, yeah. I think yeah. You've got yeah, and then I maybe don't think they'll do them all. I think well, maybe they'll, and then the the theory is that Vision might be their mentor. Yeah, that would make sense. Them. I think they might do um, six. I think that. I mean, yeah. if you ask me, that sounds quite interesting. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's quite an interesting cast. And then obviously, what what Marvel will do going into twenty thirteen, milking that cash cow as much as they can as those <laughs> actors get older, they'll have a new new Avengers team, won't they? Basically, yeah. Actually, don't don't um, forget Hulk's son. Yeah, I'm trying to. Going on. <laughs> um, the Hulkling is what it was named, apparently. Uh, no, Hulkling is that someone else? That's someone else. Scar oh. is his son from Scar, the Planet Hulk. Yeah, on, that's Hulk- the Lion King, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Hulkling is something else, which I won't go into oh, now. Okay. But it's, it's right. different, okay. maybe. Yeah. I think um, we need to wrap up, chaps. Yeah, I agree. Um, do we have any any finishing comments about Ant Man and Quantumania? First of all, if you've not seen it, would you recommend people go to see it if they are generally Marvel fans, or or, or even just Joe off the street? Would you recommend them to go and see it in a cinema or wait for it on TV at Disney Plus? Um, Mark, I would wait for it for Disney Plus, and I'd keep watching the the Flash trailer and watch Cocaine Bear on Friday, like I'm going to as well at the cinema. Okay, Bobby, how about you? What's your what's your opinion? Watch at cinema or watch it to watch at home. Um, Mark, you know the the cocaine bear thing. The real actual story ended about thirty seconds when that shipment dropped and the cocaine bear did its cocaine. It died like right away. Yeah, but he's still a bear <laughs> doing cocaine. Anyway, um, I would recommend see it in the cinema on the biggest screen you can because it is a visual spectacle, and you get to see all that lovely hard work where it should be seen um so yeah i'd recommend see it in the cinema and also because it's the start of phase five so for the completists you i mean that's the other part of the reason that i had to go and see it is for mm. completism and speaking of that i need to go and watch yeah, the other two hours of eternals at some point on. put myself through that have a drink have a Bobby, drink I tell you what, you Bobby, do. I tell you what Bobby, have some cocaine here's, before you watch it no no here's a plan, <laughs> between now and september Bobby, yeah, I will come to you. Yeah, I'll come visit your. I'll come visit your shop, yep. the tailoring shop, and I'll buy. I buy an order, order and buy a pair of jeans from you. Yeah, and then we'll sit down with a with a bottle of whiskey and we'll watch Eternals together. <laughs> yeah, let's do it in the That's pub next door. <laughs> You're gonna yeah. need about ten bottles of whiskey for that one, boys. There we go. Good luck that. Alex, uh, watch at cinema or watch at home. So, um, I would watch at home. I would also say that, like, we're being quite harsh. The critics were quite harsh on this. But the audience, according to uh, Rotten Tomatoes, rates it at 84%. So, oh, really? It's 48%. So it's 48 is the tomato meter. So that's the um, yeah. that's the critics. Yeah. Um, and I think, ultimately, like, critics are not going to like this. I think audience are probably going to be except more accepting of this. How much also... has it taken so far, Alex? So it's actually not damn bad. So it's, mm. it's currently, um, pardon me, two seven uh, two hundred and seventy six million uh, That's worldwide. Not bad, is it? Um, and we've got to put this into context. So February is a quiet month. So 
is actually done okay. It, it's, it's 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 just you can't expect it to um, you can't expect it to be like a summer blockbuster because it's not. Um, mm. So actually, you know, they've done all right. It's just it was never going to be as high as people wanted it to be. Yeah, but it, it costs hundred. It, it costs two hundred million to make, and that's without marketing costs as but well. This though. is only a week in, so it won't. Yeah, it and won't, they'll, they'll make money on the Disney Plus subscription. Yeah, it as won't, well, won't lose they? money. It just won't be a massive spinner. It, it'll be successful enough, just not as good as it could have been. Okay, uh, no I've got it. Then, I've then, got it worldwide. Uh, it's just gone over four hundred mil. Was it? Okay, where was your source? So. So half a billion, nearly half a billion uh, is not bad for a, right. a fairly okay film. Oh, yeah. I'm using Wikipedia. Um, yeah, Bobby well. can't answer this. Next question. This is a final question before we wrap up. All right. If you had to tell a friend to go and see a film, they're going to see one film, would you tell them to go and see Ant-Man, Quantumania, or would you go and tell them to go and see Avatar 2, The Way of the Water? Mark? Completely depends how good their bladder is. If they've got a good bladder, Avatar... If they haven't got a good bladder, Avatar 2, if they've got good... Let me get that right. Sorry, let's start again. Um, one, two, three. Completely depends on their bladder. If they've got a good bladder... I'm not going to edit this out, Mark. Just keep out? talking, oh, mate. Be... It's much more funny to hear you struggle like this. Keep I was going, just trying keep to going. be professional. Professional? Why are you trying well, to be professional? Oh, just well, not tailoring it'll talk, it, you know. It'll, it'll make a change. <laughs> We're almost what we've two or three films away from Dalton. I think he's are you joining us? Yes, or are you waiting it's, for it's coming. I'm oh, happy um, to do Live and Late Die, actually. Um, I, uh, uh, I don't know if I'm and Die. I a mean, view to um, a, kill. a View to a Kill. Yeah, I have to do okay, a look, View to a Kill. We know need to Mark get Octopussy out the way next week, and then next month, uh, okay. April, April, right. Mark joins. Uh, Mark comes home. Okay. Like that one, <laughs> Mark. So, you just so you know, we dress up for um, Bobby's podcast, so you have to be suited. Fine right. by me, that's absolutely yeah. fine. Yeah. Okay. Um, in answer to your question, watch both on Disney Plus. There we go. Okay, okay. um, I, I'm, I'm on Bobby's side here. I, I always advocate for going to see a film at cinema first because it's the sound, and no matter how good your TV is, and I know Alexa TV is very good, but uh, the sound, the sound experience, and supporting the creators definitely. Um, well, um, you can find uh, myself um, at John PR Evans at masterdon.social. Um, Alex, what's your masterdon tag these days? Oh, uh, Alex Hansford at twit.social. Uh, okay, and I think Mark is still um, avoiding the socials. I am. Bobby, you're still on Twitter, aren't you? I don't use Twitter that much. Um, so if you do want to no. find me, you can find me on Instagram at Roberto Rivera London. Um, and uh, I'm now really getting into reels, so there's lots of really cool stuff to look at. And you can also find me on YouTube as well. Just search Roberto Rivilla. There you go. I Mike. subscribed. I enjoyed it. It's good. Oh, he's subscribed. Well done. There you go. Um, you can you can find um, uh, our Twitter account for Playpool's turn at Playpool's turn. Oh, you've got a master account for that, Alex, as well. Uh, yeah, we don't have one. We do have a YouTube though. No, no one watches yeah. it, but we have, have we? YouTube. Have we got YouTube yeah, as yeah. well. The thing is, some people like to have a podcast on the TV. So uh, uh, with our faces. No, no, I would uh, have told you if I'd have done that. <laughs> I won't. Put uh, you, I won't put you through that yeah. now. I need we'll, to go on YouTube we'll go and find us. There we go. Um, and you can hear <laughs> um, hear the audio if you want to stream it through a web page at playpausedturn.show. Yes. Thank you very much. It's good to chat to you again, gentlemen. Um, this has been Play Paul's Turn, and thank you for listening. Yeah.